Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wine Down with Wine and Wisdom podcast. Uh, we're glad that you're here and that you're tuning back in with us. Today we're going to be talking about self-care for women. Um, this is something that a lot of women in today's society struggle with because we are juggling so many different hats and tasks from being a wife, a mom, a businesswoman, a career woman. Um, so we're going to dive into this topic today and hopefully share some perspectives and insights to to help you. Right, right. So let's start off with understanding self-care and what it is. Um, I really feel like we don't know what self-care is. I know for a long time, I didn't understand the significance in it. I thought it was just about going to get your nails done, going to get your hair done, stuff like that, simple things. But then I started to realize that self-care can also be therapy. Uh, it could be just going and sit by some water. I love to sit by water. It can also be just hanging out with a group of friends. It could be hanging out with your spouse. It can be all types of things, you know, whatever makes you happy, whatever puts you in a space where you can think and focus and be a better person. I feel that that's self-care. So for me, I feel like I haven't mastered the the whole idea of self-care. Basically going back to what you were saying, Kim, about how we're wives, we're mothers, we, you know, we work different things like that. Back in other generations, I feel that if they would have implemented it, we would have understood that it's very important to keep it going. Uh, back then they didn't, they didn't really think about the importance of self-care. They just did what they knew to do. You know, they were mothers, they were wives. They, a lot of women didn't work back then. They were just housewomen, you know, house mothers and housewives. So I feel like with them doing that, they didn't feel like they had, um, they didn't feel like they deserved to take care of themselves. They just felt like they were the ones that took care of everybody else. So that was that generation. Here in our generation, we just don't have the time. Like, honestly, I feel like I go to work, I come home, and I just go to sleep to do it all over again. Uh, having to go to work, working 40 hours a week, having to own businesses, not just one, multiple businesses, having to deal with multiple children, having to deal with a husband, all of that kind of stuff kind of goes into, uh, it puts you in a mode where it's like, I don't have time to think about anything extra. And I feel like that's where a lot of us lack peace because we don't take the time to just sit and think and be with ourselves. And then we don't have the time to just go out and pamper ourselves and things like that. So I really want, I really want us to talk about this, this topic because I feel like it's going to help me and help others to understand that that's something that you need to implement in your life because in order to keep going, that's the one thing that can keep you going you know, is I feel like that's something that can really motivate you to do more because it's like, if I'm taking care of myself, I feel good. Then I have more to give to others. Yeah, definitely. And um, going back on what you were kind of saying a minute ago about the different generations, I think the world is just different now. Um, I'm not saying that women didn't always have a lot of responsibilities, but they're were times when it was a lot easier to have like a one income household, for example, versus now things can be a lot more expensive. So you feel like you, you know, financially you need both the, the husband and the wife working or, you know, two people in the household generating income. So it does put a different strain um, on women to kind of try to keep up with the traditional roles of a woman. And I say traditional, like we all know the 
keeping with keeping up with the house, keeping up with the children. Uh, but then at the same time, you're also going to work 40 hours um, or, or more, depending on, you know, what your profession is. You may be working a little overtime. Um, so it can be very hard to to try to keep up and balance. Um, and I, I would say for me, um, I learned that self-care It's not really, it won't be the same thing for everybody because for example, someone may be like, oh, it's really uh, relaxing to me to go to the spa or something like that. And someone else may not care about that at all. Self-care for me might be sitting alone in the quiet, reading a book. Uh, So I think it's just kind of, it's important to pay attention to the things that are important to you that you feel like fill your cup when you, you know, do those activities or spend or, or break out that time for yourself. Um, Whatever that looks like, whether that's going to the gym, like Jasmine said, going for a walk by by some water, if you like seeing by the water. Um, And and certain things are going to be a little easier to do than others when you got kids in the mix and things like that. But even if it's, you know, 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes out of the week or hour on the weekend or something like that, just trying to find where in your life you can make time for yourself. Because when you do just keep going 100% every day, you know, day in, day out with no break, it's very easy to get worn down and weary. Um, and especially if you have children or, you know, are married, it, it's there's other people in the house with you that you're trying to pour into and do things for and, and make sure everyone's okay. But then if you're not okay, it eventually just kind of snowballs uh, out of control. Yeah, I agree. And And you said something about going to the gym. And I feel like even with going to the gym, like I would start and I would stop. I would start and I would stop. And I'm like, okay, when am I actually going to get consistent with it? And then I thought about it. I was like, okay, when you live in a life that is not consistent, then how can you be consistent with anything else? And so, you know, I, I applaud you in the last episode about this, but you started working out and you put it on your calendar. And so that mm-hmm. is something that I realized I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to put this in my schedule. I got to make sure that I actually see it so that I can actually do it. And so that's where I'm moving towards when it comes to 2024, because I'm like, okay, being in our thirties, I'm getting ready to be 34. And I'm like, there you're close to 40 at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) 35 is just down the road. So it's like, if you don't start now, when will you start? And I think a lot of times we hold ourselves back And because we don't hold ourselves accountable and I'm like, okay, if you want to move forward, you have to have some type of of accountability when it comes to things that you want to do or things that you aspire to do, because the things that we're not supposed to do, we can do those, you know, we can do that like clockwork. But when it comes to something that we actually need to do, I don't think we focus it. We don't focus enough on it. So for me- Well, I think that's because, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that kind of happens because it's easy to get in that rat race in your mind. Like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Like, I'm already struggling. I'm barely underwater. So how could I carve out time to do something else? So like I said in the last episode, what works for me personally, because I'm a planner, is to put it on my calendar. Right. So even if it's not a calendar for you or what have you, however you keep up with your life in other ways, like, you know, if you have kids, you know, and they got to go you know, when they go to school, you know, when they got extracurricular activities, whatever, 
if that's on the calendar on your fridge or on, you know, a mental calendar, however you're keeping up with it, the same way that you schedule other things, try to schedule some time for yourself. And I found for me, when I made that intention in my life, it was a lot easier for me to have my, my me time, so to speak, my self-care time as a non-negotiable uh, because it's very easy to even get busy on the weekends. It's only four weekends in a month typically. And it's very, you know, you're trying to see people, your kids are busy, you're trying to do all these different things, but try to be intentional to not overcommit yourself. It's very easy to say yes to everything these days and everything's so fast paced, right? Uh, but if you don't give yourself breathing room to kind of back up and say, okay, I've been going nonstop for four weeks in a row, you know, I haven't taken a break at all. Let me just carve in some time for myself. Um, I think like that that kind of helps create that habit, so to speak, um, of making sure you're you have you're having your your me time because uh, when you do things that are fulfilling to you, it just overflows into your life in other areas. It overflows into your relationships with friends, family, your spouse, uh, your children. So I, I just I think those are kind of the, the tips that I try to implement. Uh, for myself. And also, um, don't be too hard on yourself. It is hard to juggle everything these days. <laughs> when you get off work, you need to cook, you need to do this, kids need this, husband needs this. Uh, so I, I implement um, like things in my life that make my life easier. For example, I don't have time to vacuum the floor all the time. So I have two robot vacuums. They'll get it, you know, and I'll get to it when I can, <laughs> you know, like, but just the, because that's going back to the things like the traditional roles of a woman, like, oh, I need to keep the house clean. I need to do this. And people can say that's like old school or what have you. But I feel like when someone comes into your home and it's not clean, so to speak, nobody looks at your husband. Everybody's no. looking at you. Everybody's looking so, at you. <laughs> so I try to implement things that, you know, can help make my life easier so that I don't have so much of a mental load on me of like, oh, I need to do that. I need to do that. That's dirty. Or I need to do this. And just try to implement different tools to kind of help me as well. Because, I mean, we do live in a technology age. You can you can automate a lot of different things a lot of different ways, you know, if you um, if you just kind of sit down and figure out what works for you. Same with cooking. Maybe you don't cook every day. Maybe you pick up something quick from the grocery store that you can like just pop in the oven. That's an easy dinner. Or maybe you order out, uh, whatever. But just implementing different things that take some stress off of you. And it might feel like it's not that big. Like I know it's not saying vacuuming the floor doesn't sound like it's that big. But if it's on my mind and weighing on my mind that I need to vacuum and I can't get to it, that just makes me feel like a failure for like one more thing that I couldn't get done today. Mm -hmm. Versus if I just go turn my robot vacuum on, let him do it. <laughs> I, I agree. And you said two two key things that I, I really want us to focus on. You said non-negotiable and you said habit. Um, non-negotiable, I feel like that's me learning to say, okay, if me taking care of my kids or me taking care of my husband, me taking care of the house, me cooking or whatever the case may be, that's non-negotiable. I got to do that. Why can't I say that my self-care is non-negotiable? So that's, that's a very, very good point that you just made. And I feel like that's going to help a lot of us really um, just put that in perspective of like, if I'm not good, then I can't be good for somebody else. And we keep saying that because I want people to actually understand the importance of that. It's like everything that you do is a reflection of what's going on in your life. So if you are always tired, you're always depressed, you're always mentally strained, that is because your life is chaotic. 
So me personally, I don't want to always feel that way because it wears on you. You know what I'm saying? And then just like you said, a lot of things can be, um, can be automated. And that's true. It's like, we do live in a society where everything pretty much has a, um, something else that can do it for you. So just like with Mm -hmm. the calendar, we no longer have to write on the calendar. We can put it in our phones. Mm -hmm. Like you said, vacuuming. We have a a robot as well. And I'm like, when I saw yours, I was like, dang, that would be a little bit easier because I no longer- Life changing. (laughs) It's life changing. I no longer have to sit up here and plug in the vacuuming, break my back trying to vacuum the floors (laughs) and stuff. Man, go get TaylorBot. That's what we call ours. Go get TaylorBot. She can do, you know? And yeah. so it's it goes back to, I remember us watching uh, the Jetsons as children. And I always think about that. I was like, they were telling us something without telling us something. You know, they were showing us, hey, in the future, we won't be doing a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? These robots will be doing a lot of things. So it's like, I know a lot of people, you know, older people, they're like, oh, that's the devil. Uh-uh. That ain't the devil because God is the one that gave these people the brains to say, okay, you know what? Let's create something that'll make people's lives easier. So I'm not going to call it the devil. I'm going to call it my little friend, my little helper. You know, I I think I think that's because too, going back, the world is different now. Like there's a lot more going on day to day now than maybe there were in previous uh, generations and the roles in life and responsibilities are just different. So like, how maybe like a traditional view might have been that like, oh, women stayed home and, and kept the kids and kept the house and the husband went to work. Okay, that's those roles still exist in a sense in today's society, but it's not the main way that most people's households are ran. So you kind of just have to figure out like, what works for you, what works for your household. Um, but the main thing is just to try to be intentional about being aware of like, what you're feeling, what you may be internalizing that you're not really expressing uh, because all of that kind of starts to build up and, and affects you. I um, agree. And that, and that's the same thing with me. It's like by us having young children, like we got three of them and just, just everyday life is exhausting. I'm like, I wake up every day having to find socks. Like who would have thought something so simple would be so exhausting. Like I'm so, I'm like, we buy socks every other week. So why am I having a hard time finding socks? So I was like, okay, maybe if I learn to just have them put their socks together, it's like, okay, you know what socks you wear. So put them together, you know what I'm saying? And put them in a place where you can find them. That's something that can make it easier. And then to go back to about what you said about habits, it's like, that's another thing. I feel like we've gotten in the habit of doing things a certain way to the point that we don't allow ourselves to find an easier way to do things. It's just like, even with folding clothes and doing laundry, that becomes a chore at the end of the day. So it's like, I'm having to try to figure out what is a better strategy as far as doing laundry. It's like, do I pick a day to do laundry? And that's all that I do. But then dang, the kitchen needs to be clean. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel like we, we have um, come to a point where we can just say, this is the day where I actually do this. And this is all that I'm going to do because our lives are not equipped. They're not set up that way. So I feel like that is where a lot of frustration comes in that when it comes to women, because we, we do, we have so many hats because it's like back then, that's all they did is housework. They didn't go outside of the house and work. So now it's like, now we're adding that on. So I think that goes back to people looking at the woman 
and saying, okay, well, this is your house. Why is your house like this? We forget the fact that there's a man and other children or, or whatever in our household. It's like, why we can't blame them sometimes? You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, we got to get out of that habit. It's like, if we're going out working and we're going out doing this and owning businesses and stuff like that, why can't we normalize the fact that, okay, the, the men in our lives, you know, we need y'all to do something too. And so I think that it was an adjustment for my husband. I'm like, now I think about it and I'm like, dang, I really don't cook no more because he does all of the cooking, you know? And then it's like, as far as the load, when it comes to the children, he gets the children, he watches them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have to do, like you said, what works for you and your dynamic. Because I think a lot of times we get into this whole, um, this whole role of thinking that we're supposed to do it because society says we're supposed to do it. You know, society says that the woman is supposed to go work and still do everything else while the man just do what he's been doing. And I'm like, no, that's not the way that it works in our house. (laughs) So, you know, I think we need to start normalizing different norms, so to speak. Well, and I think, yeah, that's really good. Cause I think it, it goes into like normalizing normalizing and accepting like hey maybe I'm not okay maybe I am overloaded and then being able to ask uh for help and I think that kind of goes into kind of our next topic kind of breaking stigmas and misconceptions and like encouraging like open dialogue so if you're not good if you're not okay like I know some days if I had like a hard day and my husband comes home he can look at me and tell like, Oh, today was a lot. I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. it was a lot. So give me just, you know, give me a minute. Um, because instead of not communicating, I've learned for our, for our personal relationship, we do better. if We just kind of express what you feeling like you good. You're not good. Okay. I, that's fine. Because then it kind of lets you know where to be at on the spectrum with your person that, or the people in your house, I should say. Yeah. Um, and even people in your life. Um, because it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on the last episode, like capacity. If someone's already like overloaded from the day, don't come in. Cause like you, you got overloaded from the day from work or what have you. And then, you know, you're kind of winding down for the night and maybe there's something that you and your spouse need to talk about or something like that. Well, I don't necessarily want to talk about something heavy right now. The minute that we, you know, just got home right. from work, my brain is still full <laughs> from work. Like give me an hour, give me two hours. But instead, if you don't communicate that, that's a very easy way for that to turn into a, a argument environment and like an anger for, you know, anger for the night. It's like, oh, well, I wasn't really ready to talk. You started bothering me. Now we're arguing. And then here we go. You know, that's that's something that is very. Um, I hear every couple goes through it. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that that because people are they are swapping down that y'all are toxic because you're arguing over simple things and i'm like no when you've been with your spouse for as many years of you and i have been with our spouses and we're this young you have to realize that um the way of communicating with your spouse is not always a planned way of communicating with your spouse and i mean that by saying it's like just because this worked maybe five or six years ago, you know, us just not talking about things that were bothering us. That does not necessarily work these next five years of our lives. You know what I'm saying? Because no, it's like, you evolve, you change, you, like your needs are different. Exactly. You know? And I don't think that we talk about that enough because like with me here lately, I've been pushing my husband to, to talk, you know, to me about things that's bothering him and things like that, because I, I started this whole uh, mindset of I'm going to treat you like a human. 
And when I say I'm going to treat you like a human, I don't put too many expectations on just a regular human being. I no longer look at you as you're my spouse. I feel like we should always be happy and we should always be rolling through daisies all the time. No, I look at you as a human because I understand that the mind is so congested with different things and different situations that we, we deal with so many different people because you got business, you got work, you got this, you got that. So I can't take everything personal. You know, it's like, I no longer say that, okay, just because I'm going off on you, that that means that you made me mad. No, no, something could have transpired throughout the day that caused me to react that way. So now we get into the whole thing about healthy communication. It's like, okay, it's okay for us to have those moments where we don't want to be bothered or where we don't know how to express what we're feeling and we just need a moment to just be quiet. You know what I'm saying? And so now we're learning to accept that with each other. That's another part of self-care. Sometimes you need to sit in silence and deal with your thoughts because there's a saying that, you know, people that hurting people bleed on other people and they Mm -hmm. might not have even caused the wound. It's just the fact that you were in close proximity and you got bled on because you didn't know that I was irritated or you didn't know that I didn't want to be bothered, you know? And so we have to learn that healthy communication is saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's a part of self-care too, because it's like you go and you start to think about how many relationships and how many friendships you probably ruined because you did not have healthy communication. Yeah. Communication really is key, whether it's a marriage, friendship, what have you, because it's so easy for everybody to kind of get um, kind of tunnel visioned into whatever you're dealing with in life, whether that's something long-term, something that happened throughout the day. And then kind of going back to what you were saying just a minute ago, Jazz, you can have like a bad day and then come home and someone say one thing to you and you, you, you know, you like snapped. Exactly. But it really had nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. It's actually that you were just busy all day, had a hard day. And the, the buildup of the day is already like on the top of mind. But being self-aware enough to kind of back up and say, OK, I was wrong. Like that really didn't have nothing to you and come back and apologize your people in your life are going to accept your apology and then you can kind of figure out accordingly. like, are there better techniques and tactics that you can implement? Like I was saying a moment ago, like if you know you've had a hard day, create that space between you and people in your home. They'll say, Hey, y'all give me a minute. I need to get my thoughts together, you know, before we start doing everything, because then it, they can kind of help diffuse some of those explosion um, situations, so to speak. Yeah. And, and this is leading into like mental self-care because it's like okay what if I can't talk to my spouse about what I'm going through what I'm feeling you know what I'm saying because I hear people say that all the time it's like I can't talk to you about you and I had to take that in consideration so that was my main reason for doing therapy because it's like yeah we've all experienced different things in our you know marriages and our relationships and things like that and people are human like I said so it's like you sometimes me telling you what you did to me will put you in a mind frame where it's like you're de- you're in defense mode. So you don't even understand how I'm feeling. So now it's like, now we going back to what you said, we're in an argument, you know? So sometimes mental self-care is just going to therapy and talking to someone that has no uh, dog in the fight, as old people would say, no dog in the fight. They just want to listen to you. They get paid to listen to you. 
and give you well, and they're professionally trained to give you a different perspective exactly. and different tactics and techniques to handle the different things that you're going through um but i think that i, I kind of feel like prior to like our generation um therapists like kind of frowned upon or like embarrassing mm-hmm. um and the thing is you don't have to tell anybody you're going to therapy nope. <laughs> like that's what you need to do for yourself and you don't want anyone to know, like, other than maybe, like, your close people or whatever, that's fine. Like, it doesn't have to be publicized. But the main thing is, um, if you do feel like you're having issues, like, just kind of keeping it together and figuring it out, there's nothing wrong with saying, like, hey, I need to go figure out something else because I can't show up as my best self because I keep struggling um, in these areas. Because um, also with managing mental health, it's all about managing your stress, anxiety, trauma, different things that, you know, just happen in life. People come from so many different backgrounds. And when you like get married or whether it's a you know marriage or even in a friendship, you got different people from all different backgrounds coming together, doing life together, mm-hmm. right? And everybody has different baggage, different traumas that they went through, different ways that they grew up, different ways that they were raised. And sometimes that can kind of spill over into how that person is, how they see the world, how they see... Um, just even relationships in general, like how they move and navigate in life. I'm not saying that that's bad, but if you start to notice like, Hey, that's something that keeps bothering me or what have you, maybe there's something there, like there's some work, some self work for you to do. That's another form of self care so that you can be a better person for those in your life that you care about, you know, the friends, spouse, children, you know, whoever. So, yeah. And, and that's, that's what I had to learn. I was like, because we were taught, you know, growing up that therapy wasn't for our people, basically, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, that is so crazy. That is so ignorant because once I did start to think about, you know, going to therapy or whatever, I didn't tell anybody, you know, it was very, very private for me. And then once I did do it, I was like, dang, this is something that I think people actually need to uh, implement in their lives. It's like, even if you haven't been through a whole lot of traumatic stuff, just the everyday life and having somebody to talk to that, you know, is non-judgmental. They don't know you from Eve or Adam, you know, there's, it's just somebody there to talk to. And we used to make jokes about it all the time. Sometimes you just need to go sit on somebody's couch, but with technology, making it easy, there's no excuse not to go to therapy. Why? Because it's virtual. You don't even have to go sit on a person's couch. You can actually do it virtually. And I feel like that's one thing that we were just talking about earlier. Find things to make your life easier. It's it's like maybe you don't have time to go to uh, an actual. Yeah, I don't have time to drive to another appointment this week. No. So, okay, let's go to BetterHelp or let's go to uh, these other different type of therapy sites. And they actually match you with people that, you know, are beneficial to you as far as, because sometimes growing up, I I realized that um, everybody's not for everybody. So with these type of programs, they're actually matching you with people that fit what you are going through and, you know, and what you need in a therapist. So I think that's one thing that people should, you know, look into is like, yeah, therapy is not for everybody, but it's for a lot of people. And that's what we need to understand is like, it's nothing shameful about going to therapy nothing shameful at all because these people are trained to pull things out of you that you may not even know you're going through. You know, I saw it was a show or something that I was watching and they went to therapy and he didn't realize how big his, his issues um, with his childhood were, you know what I'm saying? It's like, 
people don't realize that a lot of times you can't make it in your adulthood because you have not defeated what was going on in your childhood. And I think that that's, that's a big thing. I talk that I talk about that all the time. It's like, sometimes we're fighting the inner child in us because it's like, you're fighting to be the best you can be, but you never healed, you know, as a child. So it's like, sometimes that's something that you really need to work on. And that's a part of self-care as well. Or maybe you thought you dealt with something as a child, but then it presents itself differently. And, you know, as an adult, like different traumas that maybe you dealt with as a child, then come still come back and spill out again in an adult, in your adult life in a different way. That, that is big. That what you just said, <laughs> that is heavy, very heavy because I thought about something yesterday. But that plays on your mental health. It, it plays like, on you know, your mental an health. And I thought about that yesterday. I was like, dang, it's a lot of things that we feel like we've forgotten about or we've healed from. And then just one trigger, you know, it can cause you the, all the work, all of the self-care, all of the mental help that you've done. It can cause it to all crumble because you, you tried to, um, what do they say? You tried to rush the process. You tried to rush the healing process you know, or you missed something, you know what I'm saying? Or even if you weren't rushing, just how you processed it, even if you did, okay, let's say even in an example, let's say you processed it 10 years ago in your late, I mean, early twenties, early, like late teens, early twenties. Okay. Well you now in mid thirties, that's a whole different evolved version Mm -hmm. of you. So I mean, it could could all be very present differently. Um, And then I would say with managing stress and anxiety, all of that really just kind of plays a part in like the overall mental health spectrum. I feel like, because as we all know, stress is not good for your body, affects your health in different ways, literally will break your body down. So I think like being able to identify, like we all experience stress probably on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. but be able, being able to identify, um, kind of key triggers and things like that are really important. Like I know something for myself. Um, I really carry a lot of stress, like in my shoulders and neck and things like that. Like I just carry a lot of tension there. If I'm going to, if I'm going to have tension, that's where it's going to be. So I implemented, um, frequent massages, not, that was something I was like, Oh, that's not necessary, whatever. But, um, when I started doing that, I would have tension headaches so bad and like uh, migraines so bad. I would could literally not move some days. And when I started like really trying to implement not medical solutions in my life, like actual physical things that I could do differently to help me manage those symptoms, massages helped me, working out consistently really helped me. And really, I can feel myself, like, feel it when, like, the tension's building up and, like, being able to realize those triggers and kind of, like, calm myself down. Because um, if you struggle with headaches or migraines, once they start, there's no going back till it's over. Yeah. Uh, And, like, with a tension headache or a migraine, medicine really doesn't help it. Like, it's not a normal uh, type of headache. You can just take some pain meds and it goes away. It just doesn't. Like, you might get a little bit less pain, but it still is uncomfortable. So um, being able to kind of identify that that was something that I was struggling with and being able to put in me- put measures in place in my life to be better really helped me. That right there is, that's something that we can really um, dive into right quick because you said you implemented massages and things like that. So I'm going to tell you, we have to think about 
like with you and I, we kind of know budgeting and things like that, what's in our budget, what we can do. But then there are those people that that's not even a, that's not something that they can afford, you know, massages and things like that. And I think that's something that we need to talk about too, is like, okay, what works for you? What works for your budget? You know, and yeah. I think a lot it of might not, everybody's solution won't be the same thing, but just because your solution might not be the same as someone else's doesn't mean there's not a solution and potentially a free solution. Dead point there. So that's what I want to get to. I think that's a lot of the stress that we deal with thinking that we are supposed to do it the same way that someone else did it. And that's the way, that's the only way that we'll get some relief. You know what I'm saying? So that goes back to what we were saying. Self-care is not always what it looks like for other people. You know, you can do simple things like you were saying, going to the gym. I feel like anybody that, um, that really thinks about it, you can, you can go to a rec center. You know what I'm saying? You don't even have to pay a gym membership fee. You can go to a rec center. You can go for a walk. There are so many different ways to do, um, the gym nowadays, even with basically going back to what we're talking about. You can work out in your home with no equipment. Technology. You can sit up there and literally use your phone and, find workouts and things like that from YouTube that you can do to make your life easier as far as your budget. And as far as being able to actually go and do these things, because I think that's a lot of the reason why we don't do things is because we try to find excuses as to why we can't do it. Oh, I can't afford this. I can't do this. Or I don't have access to this. And that is a lie. We have access to everything we need via phone. So it's like, I feel strongly that we don't implement self-care because we just don't want to implement self-care. A lot of people are so big on complaining and they feel like that's the only way that they're going to, you know, be able to express what they're feeling and things like that. But does that even solve anything at the end of the day? Like back to what we were talking about in episode one, let's figure out solutions. What are the solutions? Mm -hmm. Because if we just be honest, everybody, like you said, we're dealing with stress every day, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's just everyday life, we all have to deal with stress in some kind of way. So everybody needs to implement some type of plan as to um, how to be able to deal with it and finding ways to actually just, you know, you're never going to get rid of stress. We know that. But at least be able to say, okay, this is what I'm doing that is going to alleviate some of that, so to speak. Well, and I'll say, I don't think it's that people don't want to. It's sometimes it's that they just don't know how to, right? They just, I'm so overwhelmed, I can't even think about it. Uh, but I will say the main thing that you will notice is different in like your different self-care tactics and things. Like if you're just kind of, if you are comparing yourself to like someone else, whatever, the main thing is the choices that are made. Everything is a choice. So if you, we do, we do not choose to have the stresses that we have in life and the things that life throws at us, but it is up to you to make a decision on how you're going to handle the things that life throws at you, how you're going to handle your reactions to them. Um, So I know we were kind of talking about fitness and not to kind of, you know, keep over talking about that, but physical health is something that's really important um, in self-care. And I think that that's something that in our society, it is easier to, to have poor physical health, whether it's from eating, not working out, whatever, whatever it is. 
but um, that's something that really impacts you because it has a direct impact on what your body does, how your body feels. Um, for example, if you're not getting enough sleep, you know, you're going to wake up tired. Uh, I know when I eat a lot of junk food, I don't feel as good as if I had, you know, eaten like more clean the day before, like, you know, lean meats and vegetables and things like that. And I'm not saying I don't ever eat junk food or whatever, but I try not try to like make that be my main thing that I'm eating because it starts after a, a while it makes my body feel like trash. Like exactly. I feel sluggish. I feel heavy. So just even being able to identify different things about your physical health in whatever aspect that is for you, what, like I said, exercise, medications, nutritions, holistic approaches to, to wellness and well-being. Um, if you don't have a lot of resources to explore, you know, different ways to like have, be healthy, well, the internet is free. That's something we can't have an excuse for exactly. today <laughs> because you can Google anything Google. and just figure out like, Hey, you know, I want to eat better. I don't, I don't want to pay for meal prep or whatever. I don't, I don't have funds for that, but how could I cook better? How could I eat more clean? How could I do, do whatever you are looking to do? It doesn't have to be a lot of money spent, but just making the choice and making the decision to make that a priority for you and try to figure it out. Uh, is important and I know that can feel like one more thing on top of everything else but at the end of the day if you're healthy you're likely going to have a better quality of life and be able to be better for the people that are there for you for your kids your husband whoever your, your friends and family that goes that goes back to that word that you said earlier habit if you create a habit of doing what's right what feels good what makes sense then you eliminate the bad habits, you know? And I think that's where I am in life. And it's not even, I think, I know that's where I am in life. I, if I can go out here and spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on food that I know is not good for me, why not just make it a habit of buying everything that is healthy for me? Because that's one excuse that we do have in our community. We'll say, oh, it's so, it's so expensive to eat healthy. No, it's not. You can go get you some lettuce and some chicken breast and make you a salad. And it's going to be less than what it would have cost if you would have eaten something that you know you didn't eat. You know, you didn't need to eat. The problem is the choice and the mind game that you don't want that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm fighting. And I'm just going to be honest. I am 100% transparent when it comes to that. I make all types of excuses when it comes to me eating right. I'm like, I don't like that. Or I don't like this. And I'm like, okay. But I also don't like feeling like this either because I've noticed myself. It's like if I eat too much red meat, I start getting headaches, you know, or if I start eating too many snacks, then I get sluggish. So I'm like, it's some things that you can cut out that'll make your life easier and you'll be able to do more in life. Like you say, you have a better quality of life. You know, you have more energy to do things that you need to do and you won't feel like you're too tired to do anything. So that also so goes into... I really, I really wanted to save this one for last. I'm not going to lie. The spiritual self-care. Because... You can come back to that if you want to. <laughs> you want to come back to that? I said you could if you want to, yeah. Okay, so what, so, so, so what, what do you, what do you feel um, would be the next big thing as far as self-care? Um, outside of what we've already talked about, the mental, the physical... Um, we'll circle back to spiritual. I would say emotional, like okay. um, your emotional well-being. Uh, something that I really struggle with because, again, everything in life is so fast-paced. Like your phone's going off, your email's going off, 
everything's like almost automatic. Um, something that I read that helped me was that you don't have to immediately respond to everything. Like give yourself time to breathe. And that kind of goes into setting different boundaries in your life for just, just not just with communication, but just in general, like everything's not an emergency. Um, it is okay to let a text message sit there. It's okay to let an email sit there. It's okay to let a work chat sit there. Give yourself like a breathing space to like not overwhelm your mind all day. Because if you're going at a thousand miles an hour all day, every day, you are done at the end of the day. Like you have nothing else to give. You're tired. Definitely. Um, and it kind of keeps your your brain in this fight or flight kind of mentality of like, because everything's, everything's an emergency. Everything has to be done right now. And the truth of the matter is you just don't even have the capacity to do that. I agree. And and with the emotional self-care, I think that that was one of my biggest um, biggest downfalls because I was the type of person, you know, I wouldn't let people know that I was really struggling emotionally. I'm always the one that's laughing, acting a fool, trying to cheer everybody else up. But then when I started realizing, I'm like, okay, well, dang, you know, I am trying to make sure that everybody else is good, but emotionally I'm drained you know what I'm saying I am drained and I didn't I don't think that it really dawned on me until I started working 40 hours a week because as an entrepreneur you set your own schedule you know what I'm saying but once I jump yeah. back it's in, hectic but it's a different type of hectic it's it, it very different because I know that I can say okay well I don't feel like going to to this appointment right now so let me just push this back an hour just so I can get my mind right but at work we don't have that luxury working 40 hours a week for somebody else, you just like, you know, whatever comes up, that's what you have to deal with at that particular time. And I feel like with my job being the way that it is dealing with it and planning events and all of these other things, I'm doing three people's jobs, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I don't have time to just stop and just breathe anymore. Like when I first started my job, I was strictly IT, you know, and I would do events every now and then, but I didn't have to plan them. But then when I moved into a supervisor role, it's like now I'm having to deal with everything as a whole, everything that involves AV and IT, I'm dealing with that on top of everything that I deal with outside of the job. And I'm like, yo, emotionally, I have nothing left when I clock out. And so I've learned to implement, you know, me saying, okay, let me delegate this, this, um, this task to somebody else, you know, and now I feel like I am a lot, I feel a lot lighter now that I know how to delegate, but it's like, even with that, you still emotionally drained because now you got to make sure that you trying to figure out if they doing it, you know, if they doing it right, because I was big on that. My mama taught me, if you want something done right, do it yourself. And I'm like, I still feel like I'm micromanaging. So that's still, you know, emotionally draining. But the thing is, that's a true statement sometimes, but the bottom line is you can't do it all yourself. So being able to ask for help is kind of self-awareness um, in your life, because that's the point of delegating, because you can't do everything. Nope. You can't. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I'm learning as I get older. I'm like, I can't do everything by myself. I was talking to a friend today right before this, and I was like, dang, we should, you know, try to develop some type of village where women can help each other. They can't afford nannies. I'm like, because back in the day, you know, a nanny was just for the rich people, but now 
uh, everyday mother needs a nanny because it's like you doing so much and you don't have the time to do it all. So I was like, what if we created something that would allow women to say, okay, I'm free, you know, from three to five. Hey, anybody children need to be picked up from school. I can go do that. You know, y'all go have a martini or something. You know what I'm saying? This today is my day to, to help you, you know, make your life a, li- a lot easier or whatever the case may be. And it's just simple tasks. You know, or, or maybe we need somebody to go pick up some toilet paper from the store. We don't feel like going to do that. It's just simple things that we can implement, I feel, as women and make each other's lives easier. But it also goes back to the fact of communicating. You know what I'm saying? We don't communicate with each other and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this today. You know, can you help me with this? That whole mindset of being too embarrassed to ask for help. I think that's what stops a lot of us from being able to uh, excel in life because we feel like I should be able to do all of this on my own. And that's not the case. Like times are different now, you know, we have to deal with so much. We need help and we need to be able to say, Hey, I need help. Or today I'm struggling. You know what I'm saying? Emotionally or physically, whatever the case may be, we need to be able to say that and help each other. Yeah, for sure. And I would say like another part of um, kind of like your emotional well-being that can impact you these days. It's a lot that goes on in the world, like even outside of work and life, like the media gets heavy. Like there's just so many different things that go on in the world. So being able to kind of back up and say emotionally, I'm not good today. I'm not good this week, whatever it is. And then being able to ask for help. And then something I had to really work on was like being able to accept the help that I'm given because um, hmm. I feel like sometimes is when we can kind of be like control freaked a little bit and like, oh, I want it done this way, like just like this. But then like if you're trying to ask for help, it might not be done exactly like you wanted it, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong or that it's not, you know, okay. It just might not be exactly like you want it, but you kind of have to kind of back up and say like, okay, well, it's either me doing that or accept the help and that outcome that's, you know, not exactly how I want it, but it's close enough, you know, and kind of like being able to balance that. I think even in the household, um, because I'm learning that with, with my husband is like, okay, just because you didn't clean it the way that I would have cleaned it, or just because you didn't, you know, do this with the kids the way that I would have done with the kids, that does not mean it doesn't help. So I've learned to implement that too, is like, okay, I can expect it to be done the way that I would do it because I'm not doing it. But however, like you just said, it will make my life easier if I allowed you to do this. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's something that I'm working on as well is like, just learn to accept it for what it is. You know what I'm saying? It does not have to be perfect. Even combing the girl's hair, you know, I'm learning to allow him to put it in a ponytail. I mean, who cares if she got a little bit of hair sticking out? I mean, but hey, it's something that I didn't have to do. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's important too. It's just like, like you said, learn to accept the help. And I think that our generation, we're stuck in the middle. It's like, I want the help. I need the help but I'm still stuck on the fact that my parents taught me still want to do it all. Yeah. You still need to do it all. And I'm like, no, we, we are struggling. (laughs) Our generation is struggling. Like we said in episode one, we are trying to figure this thing out. And it's like, I feel like we're getting closer to that, that, um, that moment where we have it figured out, but it all comes back to the whole thing about helping each other and that community building that community. Yep. Community and support networks, whatever, 
whatever form they come in, whether it's a group of people, whether it's a Facebook group you got connected to, someone you met, you know, whatever community looks like for you. That's the main thing. Everybody needs support and community. Totally. So Jazz, you want to go ahead and circle back to spiritual health as the last topic for different dimensions yeah. of self-care? Yeah. Um, spiritual, spiritual self-care. Okay. Spiritual self-care. We were taught back in the day that meditating and all this other kind of stuff was not, it was not of God. Oh, <laughs> they were big on that. But in my everyday life, I'm learning that sometimes you do have to uh, meditate. Sometimes you do have to sit and deal with your own thoughts and deal with different things that you're going through. Because if you don't, they will deal with you. And I'm big on that. I've said that for years. I say, if you don't deal with the things that you're dealing with, they will deal with you. So uh, church was not just enough for me. I love church. I love the people, you know, within the church community and everything. But the Bible also says meditate on the word. So how can meditation not be something that we should do if it was in the word? So once I started meditating and actually listening to different types of music, and that's another thing. I was taught by a very special person in my life that music has a spirit. So the -hmm. fact that music has a spirit, it has the ability to change your mood. So depending on what you're listening to, um, it causes your mood to shift. So I've learned to like, if I'm not studying the word and I'm listening to music, let me listen to something that's uplifting. Let me listen to something that uh, makes sense because I feel like a lot of times, uh, a lot of people are dealing with the things that they're dealing with in life because of the things that they're listening to. It's called your ear gate. So if you're not learning to um, implement positive things into your life and, and positive podcasts, positive music, positive, um, you know, videos and things like that, motivational videos, then you won't be able to deal with all of the outside stuff that you that you have to deal with on a regular basis. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you got to deal with the inner person first. They say that the biggest enemy is the inner me. And I'm big on that. I was like, if I don't fix me, then I can't be the best version of me. So spiritual self-care, I feel like me personally, I don't know how you feel, Kim, but me personally, I feel like that's number one. Because if I don't get my spiritual man right and my emotional uh, standpoint right, then I can't do anything else. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I know this is really hard to do and everyone can't do this, but for me, creating quiet spaces where I can think Mm -hmm. is really key for me. Um, to be able to like process my thoughts, like you said, kind of just that, that self space when it's you along with your thoughts, that's a re- either you're going to be in a really good space or a really dark space, but that allows you to check in with yourself to know where you are on all spectrums really. So I would say being able to create enough room in your life where you can process your thoughts and what you're feeling and then pray about that or read scripture, listen to music, whatever works for you. Um, but just being able to be still long enough to, to really like think through what you're struggling with. Cause a lot of times people don't want to be alone with their thoughts and they'll like try to avoid it by staying busy or keep it, you know, 
keeping busy, always being gone or, or doing different things. But the, the I would say that one of the scariest places you can be is along with your thoughts. And if you haven't processed them and you're not honest with yourself, you won't want to listen to what's going on in your head. Like it, it will weigh on you. But a lot of times that's where you'll find where you're lacking in your self-care, like whether it's mental, spiritual, emotional, physical. It's like if your thoughts are all like, oh, I hate how I look. I need to go to the gym. I need to do this and I, I need to do this. Or I feel like really I'm feeling broken today. I feel very beat down. I feel, I've been feeling like that for a while. Those might be different triggers or different ways of your body and your thoughts and your mind telling you, hey, maybe your physical self-care is lacking. Maybe your spiritual self-care is lacking or your emotional self-care. So that can be like like your kind of like your, your outline, so to speak, to like check in with yourself. That, that, that definitely. And then I feel like now that I've learned to do that in my everyday life, just check in with myself mentally, emotionally, and physically, I, I pray for that. You know what I'm saying? That's one of my biggest prayers. I say, Lord, you know, help me mentally, physically, and emotionally. Because yeah. if I can be whole in those areas of my life, my financial life will be better. Because it's like, if I can't go out here and be the best business owner or the best employee I can be because my spiritual man is broken or, you know, my mental state is not right, that's going to affect my money. So I had to learn it. I was like, you know, we would talk um, back back in, you know, as a child, as, as a child that your your money you know what I'm saying, is is evil and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, because if you, it, it all plays a part. You know what I'm saying? It all, it all has context. Yeah, it all plays a part. And too much of anything is bad for you anyway. So, but what I've learned is the more, the more I do in my spiritual uh, life, the more I do in my mental health, the better, the better I am, to produce. I, I produce more. You know what I'm saying? I used to be that type of person that could produce in chaos, but now I can't do that anymore. When things are chaotic, I cannot produce what I need to produce. So that's how I know I have evolved into something else. I've evolved into another person. So now it's like I can only thrive in those moments where I feel at peace. And I feel like I make my most money and I make my most progress when I'm healthier, you know, in the mind or uh, you know, my physical or my spiritual uh, self, I, I can do more. And it might not be necessarily money focused. It might just be overall like joy in your life. Uh, you feel like all your relationships are thriving, mm-hmm. you know, home life is good. All that can show up in different ways. It, Cause it, it all just spills over into different areas of your life. Cause at the end of the day, your, your self-care and all of the areas that it impacts in your life uh, impacts directly how you show up and present yourself in the world and how you present yourself in different spaces. So if you're good, most likely the spaces that you're in are going to be better for you because you're showing up in a different capacity than what you would be showing up in if you weren't, you know, feeling good about yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually. That and point, emotional. and then we're we going we gonna to end it. But you said something important. You said you'll be able to show up in a different way. And I've learned... You know, a lot of people don't understand this about where I am in life, but I took a break from a lot of things, a lot of places so that I could get myself together because I felt like I was not showing up as my best person. You know what I'm saying? So now that I've done that, I feel like even if I was to go back to these certain spaces and things in my life, I would be better 
at doing whatever I was doing when I left because now I have created these spaces for myself to understand myself and get myself together because if you are showing up in different places and things and you're not healthy you are and I think I I was getting ready to make this post you are not able to do what you need to do in that capacity you know what I'm saying because even in my job I've dropped down to part-time because I'm like okay I am no longer trying to be that person I want to be that person for me so therefore, if I can't be that person for me, I can't be that person for my employee, my employer, or I can't be that person for my family, this, you know, this thing or whatever. If you got to take a break, sometimes you just got to take a break. You just have to get yourself together in order to be a better person. So that that's my take on self-care. Be able to be a better person for you so that you can be a better person for others. Yep. Good stuff. All good stuff. So to end this, I would say we really just want to encourage everyone to find space for yourself in your life. We share different tips and tactics that we both have explored, um, but find what works for you. Even if it's five minutes a day to just take a moment, have a quiet moment, go for a walk for five or 10 minutes. And you'll kind of notice if you just start out small, don't try to tackle a whole day on the weekend if that doesn't work for your life. Like just tackle five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever works for you and find space for yourself. Try different techniques of trying to schedule it, uh, schedule time for yourself, block off time on your calendar for yourself, whatever works for you and your personality. But the main thing is just to be intentional about it. And if, as you start being intentional, you'll start to feel better about yourself. It'll start making your life feel different. So you'll want to continue doing it. So it'll become a habit that just becomes a part of your life. And it, and then everyone in your life around you will know like, Oh, that's her. That's her self-care time. That's her me time. Like we ain't gonna bother her right now. Um, but I just want to encourage people to really take some of these tips, explore other tips that will work for you. Again, we all got the internet Google. <laughs> if you need mm-hmm. tips, you know, find, find what works for you, what works for your budget, whatever. And just the main thing is just to make space, create space for yourself in your own life. Because if you're not priority in your life and taking care of yourself, we cannot say it enough. You cannot show up for other people if you're not okay. That part. With that, that's it. Thank you guys. All right. Bye, y'all. Next time.